Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Welcome. You can get the book, From Beer to the Bible, at FromBeerToTheBible.com. I wanted to say good evening to everyone, and I wanted to talk about what I've been going through since I started the show. What I like to do is anytime I'm talking about something or I'm seeking guidance, I like to go to the Word. So I want to read James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It's about faith and endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, and needing nothing. I love that scripture because it tells me not to panic when I go through trials and tribulations in this life. And I want to take a step back and just let you guys know this is my fourth show. And my life was actually going pretty smooth prior to the show. But the last four weeks have been a challenge for me. And I wanted to share that with you all. I noticed the first show right before that on that Monday night, I got sick. And I'm a fairly healthy person. I work out every day. And I was like, Lord, you know, I always take things before the Lord before I try to solve them myself. So I always seek my guidance and my counsel from the Lord. So I was praying and I said, you know, Father, I've been feeling great. I'm eating right. Everything's going good. You know, what's the issue? And then I noticed the second week before the show, uh, we had a a break-in at our business. Then the third week before the show, you know, my wife and I, uh, let me just put it very nicely, we weren't necessarily getting along the best. So I'm sitting back and I'm saying, Father, there seems to be a theme here where each Monday before the show, uh, the enemy shows up. And that's really what it was, is I had to realize that the Bible says the enemy comes in like a flood and the Lord will raise up a standard. And I had to step back and say, why is this happening? Well, it's happening because I'm in the will of God. And I always thought that whenever you get into the will of God and your calling and the purpose he has for your life, I always thought that road would be smooth. But what I've come to learn in my personal experience is when I'm in the will of God, that also means that I'm vulnerable to attacks by our enemy. And when I talk about our enemy, I mean Satan. I read something in school, or it was read to us in school. I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm also pursuing a master's in theology or divinity. So the professor says that more than half professing Christians in a study that was conducted in 2019 said they didn't believe in Satan. And I said to myself, wait a minute, how can that be possible when the Bible is clear? that we have an enemy. From the very beginning in Genesis, he's clear about our enemy was the one who deceived Adam and Eve. And I thought to myself, his greatest deception is 
He's convincing believers, those who are followers of Jesus Christ, that he does not exist. And my behavior in the past, I will say that I, in a sense, acted and believed that our enemy did not come to kill, steal, and destroy. I want to take a minute to just, I want you guys to think about that. If you're driving, pull over. If you're sitting at home, take a moment and pause and think about what the Bible says. Our enemy, he does exist. We have to acknowledge that he exists in this world and that he is, the Bible says, you're a great enemy. And our great enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If I were to walk up to you on the street and said, hey, I am here to kill, steal, and destroy you, most of you, if you're anything like me, you want to fight or you want to shoot. Because those are fighting words. So we have to acknowledge that we're in a war, a war for our souls, which is one of the reasons I talk about the soul so much, your mind, your will, and emotions. Repeat after me. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. It's the integration of all three. So it is so very important to protect your soul. So. I go back to when we face these trials. There are trials that we ourselves create, I know, and I call those consequences, and we know them as consequences. But then there are also the spiritual trials that we go through. That's the fear, the doubt, the sin, the shame, the resentment that the enemy uses to paralyze us. One of the things that the enemy does to me personally is he uses fear. He used fear to put me in bondage to alcoholism and other sins, but primarily alcoholism because the enemy would come to me about scenarios. What if you get sick? What if your wife gets sick? It was always these what ifs, right? And I didn't know how to conduct spiritual warfare. So he knew that by creating fear and doubt in my life, He would paralyze me. And when I'm paralyzed, I'm no good to myself, my friends, my family, my business. Most importantly, I'm no good at spreading the gospel for Christ Jesus. So I encourage us all to realize, go back to the Bible if you must. And actually, I I recommend that. Go back and read about your great enemy and his schemes and his tactics that he uses on us in One of the things that surprised me when I came back to Christ is that, and this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Anywhere God is, so is the devil. Anywhere God is, so is the devil in this world. Meaning, I went to church and I expected, quite honestly, being naive, that the enemy was not in the church. The enemy is in the church, causing deception, blindness. And the Bible also says, many will come in my name. It doesn't say few, it says many. So although prior to the show, I would say my life was running pretty smooth, there's turbulence right now. Um, And that turbulence is because I'm talking about 
how one can recover from alcohol and drug addiction through the resurrected Jesus Christ. The enemy does not want you to have hope and knowledge. God says, my people perish from lack of knowledge. I am putting out there today to everyone who is suffering in their active addiction that there's a way, there's the truth, and there's life. And you can have life and you can have it more abundantly in Jesus Christ. And our enemy is an observer. He's observing that even if I help one person, that one person may help one million. So he doesn't want this message out there. So therefore, he comes and he attacks me in the places where he feels like my heart is. But what he doesn't know is my heart is with Christ. I've been through enough through my alcoholism and my addiction to worldly ways and worldly behaviors that I know the only real rock and the true foundation is found in Jesus Christ alone. So anytime the the enemy shoots arrows at me, shoots uh, fears, doubts, tries to manifest greed, resentment, he loves to bring up my past. And, And I run into people all the time who says, hey, last time I saw you, you were drunk. And I say to them, Yeah, I'm drunk now, but I'm drunk on the Holy Spirit. I'm drunk and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing to me who people, my so-called friends that I run into, my drinking buddies of the past, that they aren't necessarily happy I'm sober. And they always want to remind me of who I was. And I remind them who I am in Christ Jesus. And I will tell anybody, In my recovery, life has been both good, life has been challenging. And although I found uh, being a new creation in Christ exceedingly abundantly above all I ask and pray, that doesn't mean that I don't have issues and I don't have problems. And I'll be very honest with you guys, there are some things that have happened in my life and that I did while I was in my active alcoholism, that those consequences are still here today. The Lord didn't remove the consequences. He saved me. And as I deal with these consequences, uh, I was remarking to a friend, I said, man, I'm sober and I'm living right. I wanted everything to go back and be right. I wanted my marriage to be good again because I was sober. Well, I wasn't sober for a number of years and I did a lot of things to infringe upon my marriage that uh, still today the consequences are, are manifesting themselves. But I'm working through it with the power, the counsel, guidance, and the equipping of the Holy Spirit. We will be right back in just a minute and we will talk more on the other side about facing trials and tribulations in the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries 
was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back, and let's finish out our conversation on working through the trials and tribulations and the spiritual attacks of our enemy. The thing that I have realized is we should all read Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, because it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And that's what I do every morning. I actually pray those scriptures over myself, my family, my marriage, and my business. And I want to just close out this topic by talking again about my wife. I try to always ask her, hey, if I talk about you, this is what I'm going to say. If, and if, if it makes you uncomfortable, I won't talk about it. But my wife knows that the Lord has called me to be transparent. And if there's something that I went through that could help somebody, I want to always share it. So I'm going to share this with you is, as I stated before, is once I got sober, I showed up sober and thought that everything in my life was going to be right. I thought that everything in my marriage would go smooth and there were not things and issues that my wife needed to work through. Well, quite honestly, she needed time to reconcile and to forgive me for all of the things that I did in our marriage. And I do not want to give any false information or false hope. That has taken time. And in some cases around some of the things that I did while I was in my active addiction, it has literally taken years. I've not given up on my wife and my wife has not given up on me. This is very important. I'm going to tell you and save you a lot of money. This is how you stay married. Don't get divorced. Don't give up on your husband and don't give up on your wife and you'll stay married. And we've, you know, I thank the Lord that we've been able to stay the course and we're working through all of the challenges, which most were created by the guy behind the mic. So just don't give up on your spouse. And I want to leave you with that. Now I want to transition to a question. We try to take a question each show. And this question comes from a listener who asks, how do you stay comfortable and make it through social situations where there's drinking and heavy drinking? Does it make you feel uncomfortable and how do you handle it? Well, I think behind that question is how do you deal with people, places, and things in your sobriety? So let me address it. Again, I like to take everything before the Lord. So if I'm going somewhere that I know is going to have alcohol and perhaps there's going to be quite a bit of it. And I'm going to take it in segments. In my early recovery, I try to avoid 
things and places where I used to drink. Uh, so that would mean bars, clubs, any of those things. I really tried to avoid until I had a solid foundation. And I will say that took for me, and I think it's different from everyone in their own recovery. It probably took me about six months before I was comfortable going to places where there was going to be heavy alcohol consumption. So fast forward to now, I feel like I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere and be fine. Now, let's go to the word. And I want to read you something um, that I base where I go and where I don't go. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And I'm going to read the New Living Translation. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And what I love about that scripture is, can I go to a club with my boys? Can I, perhaps if I was invited to a bar, can I go? But is that profitable? What's the reason? And I not only do I pray about it, but then I also, the Bible says God has given us power, love, sound mind, self-discipline, depending on the translation that you're reading. So I say to myself, what's the business reason for me going? Also, I say to myself, by me going to this particular event, club, bar, birthday party, whatever it may be where this drinking is going to go on, is there, is it going to glorify God? Will I have a chance to help somebody, save somebody? Those are kind of, that's my process and my filter. I put everything through a filter. Can I go do anything and do I feel like I could? Yes. But why would I put myself in the middle of temptation, right? So while I am confident in my recovery and my sobriety, I do put everything that I'm going to go do, whether it be social or business, through the filter of, is this going to glorify God? I pray and petition God, is this the right thing for me to be doing? And then I put it through my own natural practical filters. What am I going to get out of attending this event where drinking is at the forefront? One of the things that my wife observed early on is that me and my friends, uh, when I was in my active addiction, everything we did was built around drinking. Everything we did was built around drinking. We were either going somewhere to drink or we were cooking out at home and we were drinking. And my wife, I remember her making an observation saying, hey, don't you and your friends you don't go play golf. You, everything seems to be built around drinking. And for me, uh, a person who was spiraling into alcoholism, that probably wasn't profitable for me at that time, but I could not see it. And I mentioned people, places, and things. I talked to a lot of people who are in active recovery and I also talk to those who are in their active addiction. 
And people will say to me at times, what's the difference between those who stay sober and those who do not? And it goes back to, okay, do they have a relationship with the Lord or a higher power? That's one. But right below that, which I would call uh, two, would be people, places, and things. Those who are sober are not afraid. Remember, fear again, enemy uses fear, are not afraid to change people, places, and things. It is a fundamental change that must occur if you are going to stay sober. My friends and people I was in rehab with, the ones who stayed sober and currently sober, they changed the people. That means they changed their friends. Because some people, quite honestly, when I got out and I applied my filter, I said, well, you're really not my friend. You're just my drinking buddy. I, I would come, we would get drunk and get into a lot of trouble. Didn't mean I don't love them and I don't pray for them. What it means is they're no longer in my social circle. And people are uh, addicts and alcoholics. We are afraid to change the people around us, right? The devil uses that fear against us. But when I came out, I had to make an assessment amongst all my friends and all my family. And there were some who they weren't good for my recovery. So guess what? I got rid of them. That doesn't mean I don't call the check on them. I don't keep them in prayer. I do. But I do not socialize with them. And that is key and has been key to my recovery. I changed the people. Let's talk about places. I no longer go to the places I used to go because all of the places I went did not glorify God. The behavior there did not glorify God, and they led to my active addiction and leading me into alcoholism. So why would I go there? The places I used to go drink, I most of them, I haven't been there. I won't go back because I don't drink, so I have no need to go there. And then um, places, people, and things. So I changed the things that I did. Like I have a routine and I stay within it. And I call it my rhythm of life. It's getting up early in the morning. It's praying. It's working out. It's reading scripture. It's reading daily devotional. It's reading the Bible. I make it a goal now to read four books a month. I make it a goal now to read through the Bible every year. Those are like things that I was not doing prior to my alcoholism. So one of the things I always tell anybody looking to recover, we have to replace bad habits with good habits. I changed my diet. It's all of these things that create my rhythm of recovery, that create my rhythm of life. And so do I feel comfortable that I can go anywhere and not drink? Yes, because, again, I own the liquor store. So I'm around liquor sometimes 66 hours a week, uh, 11 hours a day. And honestly, I'm, I'm not tempted. Rarely have I been. And when the enemy comes in, I know how to handle him because I'm now more experienced in walking in the Lord and not walking in myself and my strength. So what I would advise to anybody uh, to close out the answer to this question is make sure when you're in recovery, you have a filter that you put everything through seeking guidance and counsel first from the Lord, 
Then second, using the power, love, and sound mind that he's given you before you go into any situation where they're going to be consuming alcohol. And to just close out tonight's show, I want to say, again, this is a platform. This is not about building my brand, but it's about sharing this platform for anyone who has suffered from alcohol and drug addiction and has recovered through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, if you have a story to share, a testimony that you would like to share with the world, please go to FromBeerToTheBible.com. That is FromBeerToTheBible.com. And I want to leave you today with the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.